You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into Feeling Blue on the Block M Podcast Network. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you as we are recording Wednesday, April 12th, heading into Thursday, April 13th. And uh, the good news about the transfer portal is it seems to provide an endless supply of content. Plenty of transfer news to be touching on since we uh, last talked last week. But before we do, Scotty White, what's going on, man? How are we doing here today? Doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, get, getting uh, excited to talk about this stuff. It seems like every Friday now, that seems to be like our news drop day um, yeah. in terms yep. of transfer portal and recruiting. And yeah, it, it happened again. And you're right, man. It just keeps giving us a, an endless stretch of things to talk about. And 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 it was it was some mostly all good news this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, I I would say so outside of maybe the Joey Baker news, which we'll uh, get into here, but uh, it's going to be a much different uh, look at basketball team for Michigan in in 2023-2024, that's for sure, Uh, and obviously the big news that came out on Friday, right, was that uh, Caleb Love transferring to Michigan, the star of the tournament two years ago, hit the big shot to beat Duke in the Final Four. And uh, we talked about it with Vaughn a little bit last week here on the show about how we'd feel about Caleb Love potentially because we heard it was between Michigan and Missouri that it was going to come down to. Ultimately, he chooses Michigan. I'm still, like, not 100% sure, man. This is the most, like, conflicting sort of feeling 
that I've had because Caleb Love is is obviously he can be an absolutely electric player. But from my understanding, he's a very polarizing player this year. Obviously, didn't exactly go according to plan. He put up some serious gaudy numbers uh, even here this year, right? Averaged almost 17 points, four mm-hmm. rebounds, three assists, uh, but just under 40% shooting from the field, under 30% shooting from three. We know he's at his best getting to the hoop, but the guy can hit from 30 out, you know, in a big key moment. We saw that in the NCAA tournament two years ago, but he's also a guy who seemingly can shoot you out of a lot of games and has a high usage rate. So I want to get your thoughts on Caleb Love transferring into Michigan. Yeah, dude, you're right. It really is. It was... It was hard for me when I first, you know, was seeing the rumors and uh, the speculation that he could be coming to Michigan. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I was back and forth on it. But I, I am pretty happy that it's happening, just because we Michigan just needed players. They needed depth. Yeah. Um, and like, like you said, um, you know, he he has those those down moments, but his highs are really high. Um, and to have a player with, you know, that kind of talent on the team is, is certainly, I think going to be a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, we're, we're really not going to know about him until we watch him play just because you never know what you're going to get. Um, and it, you know, he, he, I, I've, I've seen the comparison to, uh, to Jet Howard, and and I can I can see it a little bit. You know, Jet has those those games like against Iowa last year where he comes out and I think he made his first six threes, starts like ten for ten from the field, um, which you know th- those times are great. But then he also has those times where you know he's taking those shots and you're like, why is that the shot we're taking at this time? Um, so I I have I have seen that comparison. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that obviously Caleb Love didn't have this situation going on at North Carolina that Jet Howard had at Michigan where, you know, Jet's being coached by his dad. Um, but I, I I do think that, you know, maybe just a, a, a change of scenery and a new team for Caleb Love, obviously it's what it's looking for. Um, I think that really all we can do is just hope that this is the right place for him and it, it brings the best out of him and we get more of those highs than we see the lows. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard for me, and I suppose I get the Jet Howard comparison. It's hard for me to believe that Caleb Love is going to be, I mean, anything other than a downgrade uh, from Jet Howard for Michigan, especially when mm-hmm. I kind of take a look at the numbers. Now, you can you can say what you want about Jet Howard and his defense, and I totally understand that, but if you've ever watched Caleb Love, he's not exactly a guy uh, who puts his all into locking down defenders on the other end either. So I hope I'm proven wrong. I, I hope that Juwan's able to get the most out of him and, and kind of get him go into the hoop a, a little bit more because, yeah, yeah Jet was – you know, uh, kind of at his best when he was catching and shooting, right? Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, he shot, Jet shot seven percentage points better than Caleb Love from distance. He was over 40% from the field. He, he was about three and a half percentage points better just from the, the field overall. Uh, didn't take as many shots. That's why he didn't average as much, but he averaged about two and a half points less a game than Caleb Love, you know, on, on less shots. So, I don't know. I, I I'm hoping I'm wrong there, but you know, it, the other issue for me is right uh, in the, in the quote that kind of stands out to me is, is the way you get the most out of Caleb love is you coach him up and you kind of 
get him to do the things that you want to do within the offense. But you go mm-hmm. back to to kind of late season when Michigan was really in a struggle there. And, and Juwan Howard kind of made the comment about guys just doing what they want and freelancing right. out there and things like that makes me believe that maybe you don't have it in you to, to instill the discipline on these guys right. that you need to be able to get the most out of a guy like Caleb Love. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, that definitely is a concern. Um, and I think that, I think that Juwan going out and getting all, I mean, he's hitting the portal hard. I mean, Michigan's got yeah. the second, second ranked um, transfer portal class right now. So, I mean, he knows that it wasn't going to be just uh, you know, come in with the guys that we have and, you know, we're going to do our best to have come back season. Like, I think he, you know, I think Juwan's realizing like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get to work or else my job's going to be in trouble after next year. Um, and I, and I think it's a great sign to see what he's doing in the transfer portal. Um, and I think that on top of that, you know, he knows, he knows what he has to do. And I think that he's realizing that changes have to be made in, in other, you know, in other departments, like you said, you know, getting, getting the most out of a player, getting, <clears throat> getting the players disciplined, to be able to get the most out of a player. I think that this is going to kind of be a start from scratch type off season for Juwan and the Michigan basketball team. He knows that he has to make some changes. Um, and I think that we're seeing that he realizes that and he's starting to do that. Um, and I'm really hoping that, that that is the realization that he has, because if, if he really can, you know, get this, you know, that was, that was the big thing about John Beeline's teams that were so good is they had that defensive mentality. I mean, those defenses on those teams, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, man. There were some kind of boring games in that 2000, 2018 NCAA tournament with the low scoring, just defensive grand down mm-hmm. battles. But that was the identity of those Beeline teams, and that's why they were so good. Um, so I'm just hoping that, you know, Juwan, he, he, I think, and I think he is. I think he's realizing the problem that he has, and I, I think that he's going to do the best to fix it and, and hopefully – he really can get the most out of Caleb Love because we, we, we've seen that he really can be a very special player. Well, you brought up uh, all of the transfers, right? So obviously out of the program, Hunter Dickinson, Isaiah Barnes, Joey Baker, he's going to pursue his, his pro career. He goes out and gets Namari Burnett, the, the transfer from Alabama, Caleb Love coming in from UNC and Trey Jackson coming in from Seton Hall. But I, I look at the way the roster constructed, what they're losing versus what they're bringing in. I'm still trying to figure out where the perimeter shooting is going to be coming from because there are, I, I mean, Namari Burnett is certainly not that guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he shot 32% from three, but he averaged 5.6 points a game last year. Like he went about one for three every game with, with Alabama last year, maybe, maybe with a higher usage rate. He gets a little better, but Caleb Love is a sub 30% uh, three-point shooter, just over 30% for his career over three seasons in Chapel Hill. Like, you're losing your two best three-point shooters at Joey Baker and Jed Howard. Where is the perimeter shooting going to come from? And now you lose, you know, the top one of the top post presences in the in the conference in Hunter Dickinson. Now, I, I love Terrace Reed. I think he's going to be fantastic, but he's not the scorer that Hunter Dickinson is. So the mm-hmm. way the roster is constructing, man, I, I just like I know a lot of people are excited and they're and they're getting some guys in. But, you know, Trey Jackson over his career is a five and a half points a game 
player. You know, Caleb yeah. Love's a big one. But other than that, you're you're losing scoring and and you're not really replacing it through the transfer portal outside of a high usage inefficient guy in Caleb Love. Right. Exactly. See, I, I feel like, you know, maybe some people are kind of remembering what Caleb Love was doing in the tournament a couple of years ago, and they're not really realizing that he shot under 30% from three last year. So it's like just bringing him in a, a guy who has the capability of doing it, but at the end of the day, didn't really put up those numbers last year. That's not going to cut it. Um, and, and isn't really a reason to feel confident about perimeter shooting at all. Um, and, and, and this team too, especially last year, just seems like these Juwan teams have just lived and died on the three pointer. Like, you know, they have, they have games where they just can't miss. And, you know, I, I remember, uh, like one of the first big 10 games last year against Maryland, um, you know, shortly after I think Michigan lost to central Michigan and I'm thinking, Oh gosh, we suck. No way we're going to win this game. And then they have one of those games where they come out, they don't miss three. They look like the best team in the country, but they live and die on that three pointer. So Definitely still some work to do in the portal. Um, and, and I'm sure you saw Matthew Cleveland transferring yes. from, yep. from Florida state. And that's, that's, that's going to be the big one, right? Like that, yeah. that's a, ma- yeah. that's a major get too. Uh, if yeah. Juwan's able to get it, I feel a little bit more confident because that that's a guy who went out and grabbed about 14 and, you know, seven and a half last year. He's an efficient right. player. He, I mean, he shoots he, last year. He shot about six percentage points better from, from deep than Caleb love did. You know, right. uh, he, he didn't, he didn't take, he, right? he did. Yeah. 35%. Yeah. He didn't take many of them, right. He only averaged about two a game, but that's a guy that you can run in the high pick and roll situations with Doug right. McDaniel and he can, he can pick and pop a little bit, but he's a guy who's, you know, probably going to be close to a three-level scorer for you if, you if you're able to go get him. He's a guy that can grab rebounds, which we saw last year being a bit of an issue, particularly that Wisconsin game, the the first time they played the Badgers. Um, and I he's, he's definitely a big get. I feel a little bit better about the roster going into next year if they're able to get Matthew Cleveland. But as it stands right now, I'm I'm still like like I see a lot of people very excited about what Michigan's doing in the portal. And don't get me wrong, they've gotten better from what they were a few weeks ago when when yeah. all these guys were left and you and you had nothing to really to replace them with. But I just don't see right now how this roster could be anywhere near as good as last year's roster, given that oh, yeah. you're losing a preseason All American big guy and probably two first round picks. But on the same time. It, it it's also a, a question of these guys establishing a culture within the program, right. right? From from all accounts, the culture just was not very good last year. We saw it at times. We heard Juwan talk about guys freelancing, like we mentioned earlier in the show. So right. it, it it's about getting the right guys, about getting great elite basketball players, but guys that are going to buy in as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I certainly don't think that the the roster is anywhere near something that could you know compete to be uh you know top 25 team in the country at this point um but at the end of the day like you said i mean a couple weeks ago with with before these these uh transfer commitments i mean it was looking like michigan's maybe you know playing on wednesday in the big 10 tournament you know um so i think that i think that these additions certainly are helping you know maybe get michigan more to the the middle of the pack um, but, uh, but at the end of the day, that that's just not the standard at Michigan, you know, you know, John Beeline came in and, and he made it the norm for Michigan to be competing for big 10 championships and, and getting to the final four. Um, so this, this, you know, the past few weeks, it's a good sign. 
Um, but certainly some more work to be done. And yeah, I mean, Matthew Cleveland for me, I mean, that's, and, and like you said, for, for just everybody, that's, that's the big one, you know, that's like some NBA level talent coming in that really brings a lot of vers- versatility to the offense. Um, so yeah, I mean, if Michigan can get that, then that's when I'm going to start feeling pretty good about this roster, but, but I still feel like Michigan's more in the, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I'm, I'm not even sure how many more scholarships spots that they have. Um, but it, it feels like, you know, maybe Matthew Cleveland and one more to to start really feeling more confident about the roster. I, I, I will say, though, there there could be a pretty good role being carved out for Jalen Llewellyn, who announced he is yeah. returning uh, to Michigan. Right. I think early on, he only played eight games before his ACL tear last year. And mm-hmm. and I really think that it was a little too much for him too early. And I know when you come in as a grad transfer, you're kind of expected to bear that load, but you're also playing with, with younger, talented, but but really young guys, and they're expecting you to run a brand-new offense where these other guys don't even really know the offense. There's no chemistry that's being built, I think, with, with a year to kind of study it. And I know he didn't play, so that's going to set him back a little bit. But I'd imagine he's going to be a guy who's coming off the bench, right? He's going to be handling right. point guard duties when because Doug McDaniel, I'm, I'm sure, is going to be the starter moving forward, and rightfully he should be. And, and I think Jalen Llewellyn... In a limited role with less pressure and less, you know, the game flow already be established for him when, when he comes in to be able to turn into tune into that guy where he was at Princeton. He was almost a 40 percent three point shooter and, right. and he was scoring the he was scoring the rock averaging 14 points a game. I think that's he could provide a big spark off the bench. And I think he'll, he'll provide some depth at the point guard role that Michigan was severely lacking last year. And I think that, you know, there is a, a very much a silver lining with with a guy like him coming back, knowing it, what his potential could be next year. And, and that is why on the flip side of, of what I'm saying, like, the guards could be pretty good. The point guards, uh, at least mm-hmm. in Doug McDaniel, Jalen Llewellyn, and not forcing a guy like Caleb Love to to handle the ball all the time, be able to play yeah. off the ball, and, and you can set some sets for him and things like run some sets for him. So I that uh, there is a case in where I see the guards being pretty good and everything falls in line. Like there's a situation that could happen that way. I just I have a hard time getting there mentally after what I saw this year and the amount of talent yeah. that they were not able to make work. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, I mean, the the fact that that team did not make the tournament is is, is pretty astonishing. Baffling. It's baffling, um, man. Yeah, it really is crazy. Um, but yeah, Llewellyn being back, I mean, just for for depth too is so big. I just feel like last year's team just really didn't have much coming off the bench. Um, like Terrace Reed, I think is going to be great this year, and he took some tremendous strides. Um, but but depth is going to be like just you know getting getting as many guys as possible just to just to create that depth would be huge. And also when I look at Llewellyn, you know, I, I think of the other transfers that Michigan's brought in, like Mike Williams and Devonte Jones and just how, how much they developed throughout the season. Cause you know, like you, they, they transfer from like Harvard and, you know, Columbia and Princeton. And it, I mean, it's a big jump coming from, you know, going from that to the big 10. You met Mike um, Smith, it, right? Mike Smith. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I good. Say, I, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I said that and I was like, it feels wrong. But yes, Mike Smith. Thank you. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Mike Smith and Devontae Jones both just by the, by the end of the season were just playing some really good basketball. And, you know, I think it just takes a little bit for those guys coming in playing, you know, power five college basketball for the first time. It's an adjustment. Yeah, um, oh, so yeah, I think 100%. That, yeah. So I, I think Llewellyn, like, I think him coming back is so massive. Like once he gets some more experience under his belt playing at that level of college basketball, I, I think that we could see a, a very similar path that, um, that Mike Smith and Devontae Jones took, and then they were both outstanding by the end of their seasons. Want to let you know, support for Feeling Blue brought to you by Home Field Apparel. And in case you aren't familiar with Home Field, premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Their stuff is comfy. It's officially licensed gear. They don't score, screw around when it comes to the designs. Home Field studies the history, traditions, legacy of every single school. And with that information, they've got sweet, thoughtful designs. And it, they really tell the unique story of each university. They got great, great Michigan gear, brand new, and we want to save you a little money. If you want some of that brand new, brand new, good-looking Michigan swag, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code MICHIGAN15 for 15% off your first order. Not just one item. That's not 15% off, you know, of the crew neck when you when you got that and the hoodie and some pants, sweatpants, things like that. It's the whole order. 15% off using promo code Michigan15 at homefieldapparel.com. Talking a little basketball transfer here, and you kind of alluded to it, Scotty. We, we've talked about it. It's going to be a completely look new-looking Michigan team uh, coming in here next year. You go to their 247 sports page, and you look at the the transfers, and there are you know, five guys on there with three coming in, two going out. Um, and I, I got to say this, and I kind of had the epiphany here today, though it's been on my mind a little bit. Like, I was at the beginning – a full blown supporter of the one time transfer rule, right? Like I was like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. You go to school. It's not everything you thought you want to get out, find yourself a, a new and, and good situation. And I still believe at the core of it, that is the right thing. But I really, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like the old man yelling at clouds here, but I really don't like what's happening. Um, and the, and the writing's been on the wall, right? But, but so many backroom dealings with, with, with false promises, NIL and things like that. And so many guys entering the transfer. This isn't just a, this situation isn't for me. I need to find something new. I mean, there are so many other factors at play here, uh, in the transfer portal. And I, I'm, I'm, man, I'm starting to sour on it a little bit, but what's really put me over the edge it's not the, oh, the, it's free agency or anything like that. It's really not that. It's really, from what I've seen, the way it's impacted high school recruits. That's what I really hate the most Um, because uh, recruiting classes are getting smaller, right? Like mm-hmm. like guy, teams are taking two, three guys because they know they're going to have to hit the portal to compete because all these veterans are out there that are going to help you win now more than the freshmen. So that, so that's cutting into the recruiting classes going to the D one level, which in turn have really hurt and cut into the potential for kids who aren't that caliber, but would be good division two players. All of a sudden there's these D one quality players that, that five years ago would have been a part of a division one recruiting class, whether at high major or mid major that all of a sudden, you know, are, are probably going the division two route so they can transfer to a D one school uh, after a couple of years and, and kids are just not 
in, in good, solid basketball players are, are not getting the opportunities that they would have had five years ago. And I think that really sucks, man. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really starting to sour, particularly on the, the basketball side of things. I'm not sure if it's affected football because of the size of classes nearly right. as much, but particularly on the basketball side of things, man, I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't like the way it's played out. And, you know, from a, it's weird for me to say as a former proponent, you know, the, the player freedom, the player empowerment, I've been behind it. I just don't like the, the way that it's, it, it's kind of worked itself out. And I think I'm starting to lean the other way here. Yeah, dude. I mean, it has totally changed the game. And I think the hardest part about it is there's there's really no way to really get it fully right. Because I think that, you know, for some people, it certainly is the best decision to, you know, you go to a school and it's it really just isn't the right fit. Um, and, I, and it's best for that player to go and transfer somebody somewhere else. Um but I think that at the same time, one of the things that I don't really love about it is, you know, as soon as something goes a little bit wrong, I think it, it's just much easier for guys to jump ship now. Um, and, you know, we don't, you know, we, we would see, you know, some guys that, you know, are sticking with one program through some really hard times. And then, you know, they end up, you know, finding a way to, you know, make a run to the final four or something like that. And, uh, and it's a great story. Um, so I think we're seeing that a little bit less. Uh, I think guys are, I mean, obviously they, they have the freedom to go anywhere they want. So I think that, you know, obviously that, that that's happening more and it's just, it's easier. It's easier for people to believe when things go South. Um, so I think that that whole battling through adversity thing is kind of going away um but yeah you mentioned the, the the recruiting classes like dude to be honest with you in terms of basketball I think you're right about the size of class in football because I really haven't noticed myself doing it with football but with basketball like I'm paying way more attention to transfer portal rankings than I am to actual recruiting rankings mm-hmm. like I don't remember the last time I saw any tweets about Michigan basketball's actual recruiting class coming in next year like it's all transfer portal stuff that's it man yeah exactly yeah. because you you know that outside of a guy like, you know, Jet Howard, the, the freshmen aren't going to gonna make a whole lot of difference. Like, like Kentucky has got like three, I think three of the top four high school recruits coming in. And everyone is kind of thinking that Kentucky's not going to be able to make it work because of, you know, uh, just the way that college basketball is right now. I mean, you go, you go take a look at it. Texas Tech last year was the, the number one uh transfer recruiting class in the country and they were having a, a good year obviously things went sour with their coach texas was number three on that list and uh they had a nice run in a great season in the ncaa tournament and it's really hit or miss right um yeah. but but ultimately to compete you got to be able to to hit on some transfers you know what i'm saying yeah. Unless you, yeah. unless you have a solid foundation already built that, you know, all of a sudden you got, you're like FAU and you got just a bunch of old dudes or San Diego state, you know, we, we actually, and that's another part of this, right? If you're able to get guys to stay and commit and play multiple, multiple years, you're at a huge advantage over the the rest because everyone's transferring or, or playing freshman, you know? Yeah. 100%. And I mean, dude, like, like you said, like if it, it forces you to adapt and do this, like, I mean, just look at Michigan. Like, if Michigan doesn't, Michigan has the second-ranked transfer portal class, and we're still talking about how, you know, it's probably not enough at this point. Like, 
and even with all of that, you know, it might still not be enough. So, I mean, when you have a year like Michigan had, and then, you know, you lose your three best players, like you really don't have the choice in this day and age. Like it, it, it is, it is totally changed the landscape of college sports. And, and we, we knew that it was going to happen. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I really don't think that there's a, a perfect way to, to fix the issue where, where everybody wins. I think it's just too difficult. No, it's, it's a very complicated situation and i just hope that it kind of resolves itself over time right. that that's all i can really hope for because yeah. i I'm, I'm not a fan of the the way things have, have transpired with it but it is what it is i suppose and it's the the new reality you know yeah definitely like you said you know all you all you can do really is hope for the best they just made this huge huge change i, I don't anticipate any any big changes to the rules coming anytime soon no no not at all uh, support for feeling blue thanks to manscaped you can get their awesome new beard package as well comes complete with the beard trimmer rotary wheel 20 different um lengths so you don't need all those guards taking up all that space it's the the beard balm the beard oil the shampoo for it your beard's going to be looking fantastic and we're going to save you a little money as well for 20 percent off and free shipping all you have to do is go to manscaped.com insert pro promo code mnb20 that's mnb20 for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So anything else uh, that you want to touch on? How's uh, Michigan baseball doing real quick for us, Scotty? Yeah, so uh, it was a pretty good start to the to the conference schedule for Michigan, winning uh, sweeping Penn State, taking series against Illinois. Um, really good, hard-fought series against a good Nebraska team last weekend. First game went to extra innings. Um, unfortunately, Nebraska got the win in extras. Michigan came back strong in one game, too. Um, but the Huskers... Ended up taking the series finale, but I mean, first series lost. Michigan still in second place in the conference right now. Um, so pretty, pretty good start to the season. Just beat Butler 13 to two yesterday. Uh, a little bit of a slow start, but ended up taking care of business. Um, so yeah, Michigan baseball, pleasant, pleasant surprise so far this season. Um, and and in terms of the basketball, that was all I had to say, but I'm I'm sure that next week we'll have some uh, some more transfer portal news to talk about. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we will. There's always going to be content here during transfer oh, yeah. portal season. That's for sure. Well, where can we find you on social media, Scotty? You guys can give me a follow at Scotty White underscore on Twitter. Uh, all the baseball articles, football starting to creep back up again, and all the podcasts will be posted there. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review uh, for all of your favorite podcasts. On the Block M Podcast Network, we really appreciate it uh, and really having some fun with, with all of our shows and headed to the Fans First Sports Network. So that's going to wrap it up for us here this week on Feeling Blue. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Giardi, and we'll see you next week.